Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast, where we talk about all the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week are two amazing co-hosts, Alex Zebart and Ann Stickney. Uh, Alex, I'm supposed to ask you how you are this week. I'm doing good. Um, I have actually have been playing a lot of Wildstar, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners will take offense to, but I've been having a good time with it. But there isn't much to do in WoW right now, except for the Halloween stuff. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't see why people should be offended. We do play other games. We just talk oh, about they the will. Games. I assure you. I accept your judgment. You know, you are the EIC. You know what we're talking about. Uh, also with me this week, uh, Ann, Ann Stickney. Ann, how are you? I'm good. I actually, I've been getting into the Hollow's End stuff because, I mean, there's new stuff now. So there was new pets to get. And let's see, I got all the pets. Um, I got the creepy crawly decorations so I could get all the pets. And then I've been killing the spider that spawns in the garrison in the hopes of getting the toy. But that has not happened yet. Um, I still need to go out to the island today. I've been doing a lot of stuff in Tanan Jungle lately. Not because like I rare need... stuff? Yeah, not because I need to or anything, but just because it's there and I felt like messing around. <laughs> and I go there, I go there and I'm like, I'm just going to go and farm some Apexis crystals because why not, you know? And then all of a sudden I'll get caught up on the whole, oh, there's a rare over here. Oh, there's another rare over here. And yeah, that has become what I'm doing in WoW right now. Okay. I, I get really excited about the ones that supposedly have mounts that drop, only they don't. Or at least not for me, not yet. Something. What Wildstar has done for me is make me realize Blizzard needs to step up its hair game. The hairstyles. The hair in WoW is amazing, are, and the player housing is amazing. I the love the hair in Wildstar. I was like, oh my god, this is beautiful. I and love the player housing in Wildstar. I had somebody say that the hairstyles in Wildstar are just too outlandish for World of Warcraft. Like, dude, look at some of the hairstyles in WoW. They could do whatever they want. I mean, human males have anime hair. They can have Wildstar style, like elaborate 
amazing hairstyles if they wanted to. There's no outlandish limitation here. Yeah, uh, I'll admit, while I don't care that much about the hairstyles in WoW, the argument that something is too outlandish for WoW. No, I'm sorry. The other day, uh, we were wandering around uh, Howling Fjord while a giant robot with a goblin for a head followed us around. So the ship has sailed on outlandishness, except it. I guess we should talk about some top stories. Uh, the one that I actually think we're probably going to mention first is the moose. The uh, What's its name again? The... I can't remember the Scenarian Mount or something. All what is our moose ring called? Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> you guys know it's a moose. Yeah, uh, it's the Grove that, that's been announced. Warden, I think Grove Warden. Thank you. Yes, that is in fact its name, the Grove Warden. Thank you. Uh, the Grove Warden was announced. It's a reward for completing heroic slash mythic um, Hellfire Citadel. It's an Archimon skill, which you know kind of ha- launched a controversy. Because a lot of people were like, yay, mount. And, and keep in mind, when the moose mount was first announced, it was announced as a store mount. Like it was, we were all, I think it was, was that data mined? Or was it an actual announcement? I don't remember. I think, I think, it, was I think it was on the tooltip for a little while, and then it got changed. So a lot of people were thinking, that, you know, this thing would come out and they could finally buy it. Uh, and of course, that is not going to be the case. You're going to have to come up with a way to get a heroic or mythic kill to get yourself your hands on this thing it's basically it's basically this expansion's version of the wolf mount from uh siege of orgrimmar uh there's a quest involved you get into drop and the drop gives you a quest and you you turn the quest and it kind of it's a small i don't want to say lead-in but more of like a harbinger to legion it sort of explains the connection and and gets you sort of on the way towards legion Uh, i'm going to ask both alex and ann i'll ask alex first because sometimes he's amusing about these (laughs) things and sometimes he's not alex what do you feel about this well, sometimes uh, be- you get mad. <laughs> Between the moose, the quest, and the return of Valor Points, it feels like they are really desperate to get people raiding while we're waiting for Legion. Like, they are... I mean, they're adding all this stuff after the fact. Like, this wasn't in when these raids went in, so it's like they want to get as many people as possible raiding, which suggests that people aren't raiding. And maybe if they're not, maybe the answer isn't to add more crap to get in raids. Maybe it's find other things for people to that will that they'll want to do in wow i don't know it all seems very backwards to me okay and i'm annoyed but i'm going to like preface that right i'm not annoyed about the moose like i could care less about the moose i mean is it cute yes it's cute i don't care whatever i have like 200 and something or other i have an obscene number of mounts adding to that total is kind of a fun thing but not really necessary so i don't care so much about the mount what i care about is that you get this quest and when they talked about it in the preview thing they said when you bring this fragment that you loot right when you bring it to the druids of moonglade you'll learn a little more about what's in store for azeroth and maybe that's just a minor thing or whatever but it's story and that's something we really haven't had a lot of at endgame so the fact that they're chucking this little tiny bit of story that at least is something something that ties into legion behind a heroic raid kill is just really irritating to me it's like about as irritating as oh hey by the way if you kill the imperator in high mall on mythic difficulty that's when you get to see the end of chogal's story but not until you do that you know Mm -hmm. i I don't like locking story behind raid levels that people aren't realistically not everybody's gonna obtain it and this goes all the way back to like wrath of the lich king i remember being really disappointed about 
the Lich King himself. When you killed the Lich King and you got that cool cutscene and everything, and you got to see what happened with Bolvar and all of that, and then they just sort of stuck a statue in Dalaran so people could see it. And I was okay with the statue, but it still kind of bummed me out because it was like, people aren't going to get to see this unless they go... Mm-hmm. Do the yeah, they thing. have to go scrape, or they'll right. have to scrape a video or something. Right, right, and and at that point there was no LFR, so you couldn't you couldn't play like an easy mode to like see the end of it or whatever. And once they introduced LFR in Cataclysm, it was like okay, people can go see the end of this if they kill Deathwing, they can see that end cinematic. They get the context; it's all there, yeah. it's all laid out for them, and, and was, it's LFR. That was the point. Anybody can go yeah. in and do LFR. That's fine. That was the point of LFR was that you get story. Right. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying. So the yeah. fact that they're locking these things behind really high difficulty level, these things that are kind of integral to the story that they're not telling us is just, it's its kind of infuriating to me. It's just really, I mean, I, I already said it, but I want to say it again. Warlords of Drainer, they've been continually trying to incentivize writing more and more. I mean, this is expansion. like, okay, you can't get tier sets in LFR. You have to do higher rating. And they're bringing, you know, bring brought back Valor Points now to kind of get more people able to do this Heroic Mythic. And they're adding more rewards to Heroic Mythic. And I mean, that seems to me that they're trying to get more people to do it. But if people aren't doing it, maybe it's because they don't want to. Maybe or for that matter, at this point, if you're doing heroic or mythic rating, you're in a heroic or mythic rating guild. Right. You're in a guild that is already doing that. It is not trivial to get into one of those guilds, especially if you have not been doing it this time. If you even have the time to commit to it, you still have to find a group, mesh with that group, get – you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. there's things that keep you out of rating that no incentive is going to immediately overcome. And it feels like – they're just razor focusing on rating more than ever when there are less people than ever rating. I mean, Honestly, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but higher tier, like mythic. I would imagine there's not more people doing mythic than there were, you know, no. however many years ago. I think that's almost impossible for there to be because, I mean, the amount of people playing at the moment is lower than it was then. I it's mean, just they're I, doubling down on something that people uh, don't seem to want to do. I said it. I said it on Twitter and, and I'll repeat it again here. I really feel like I chose the wrong expansion to take a break from raiding. And if I was going to choose to do so, I probably should have done it during Mists. Because at least during Mists, there was a plethora of other things to do. Like, I I would have been occupied forever doing dailies, doing this, that, the other, doing, you know, there there was plenty of stuff to do at Endgame beyond just raiding. And right now, it seems like you don't raid, there's kind of like a handful of things to do here and there, but mostly they're pushing you towards the raiding thing. And if if, if they're going to turn World of Warcraft into a raid-only kind of game where it's just focused on raiding, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play it. And I want to be clear that if people enjoy raiding, that's cool. Like, no, I'm not it's saying fine. Should remove it's perfect. Raids. You know, go ahead and do raiding if you like raiding. I mean, I've been doing it since vanilla. This is the first time I've taken any kind of like an expansion long break in, in rating as far as that goes. It's just I don't have the time to dedicate to it anymore, really. I mean, in this expansion, like literally they removed rewards from LFR to put into higher tiers of rating. So it's not just like I want them to stop making raids. It's that they are actively taking rewards from other aspects of the game and putting them exclusively in heroic and mythic rating. 
they've doubled down on this thing that I think people are getting kind of tired of doing. And we're kind of getting well, a little bit far removed from the whole moose mount because really, like yeah. I said, it's not the mount at all. If they want to like lock the mount and and just give the mount to people who do it on heroic and mythic, cool, fine, do that. I'm 100% okay with that. But that story element of it, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll at least say this. My opinion of the mount itself going to Heroic Mythic only is I am fine with that. Yeah. Just like I was fine with it when the wolf was there. Yeah. I'm fine with it when I'm going to be doing raiding and I'm fine when I'm not, which is right now this expansion, I'm, don't, I'm not doing a ton of raiding. So I'm cool with that. Uh, I do feel bad for people that I know who are going to have to scramble. And they're gonna they'll they'll get it done, but they're gonna have to scramble and they're gonna have to push to get a heroic kill by the you know as soon as they can because they don't know when this mount's going to be taken out. You know That's they know the it will thing, be taken this out. Like this limited time yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, they don't they know it will be taken out, but they don't know when. And I'm watching my friends do this, and I'm thinking to myself, these are people with like you know jobs and lives and families, and they already have like a pretty tight raid schedule. They raid as much as they can, and I don't you know now they're gonna have to raid more and harder, and it's just like. You know, they're, they're, it doesn't really appeal to me. But if, you know, at the same time, I, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, some of the, the highlight of, the, of WoW seems to be, for some people, seems to be those years when they just raided constantly. So, you know, yeah. who am I to say? Yeah, I don't uh, have... I don't have Blizzard's stats or anything like that, but I think they've even said, and it's something I felt for a long time, that WoW's player base has just gotten older. I mean, we, if people... I would say most of the people playing now were probably still playing a few years ago. And you age and your life changes. And Blizzard has recognized that, that the player base is older than it used to be and has less time to do this kind of stuff. But even though they've said that, they haven't reacted to it. They've doubled down on these things that people who have grown older can no longer do. Well, we should, at this point, we're going to move on to the next little bit of news. Okay. Uh, namely that BlizzCon is coming up fairly hard and fast. Oh, oh, don't yeah. remind me. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to get excited for it. I was really. I was really down about it the other week. Was no like BlizzCon. I'm pumped. Yeah. I like going to BlizzCon. <laughs> yeah. I like Let's going to BlizzCon because we get to like hang out with nerds who are into the same nerdy things as I am because I'm a nerd and I love it. But at the same time, it's pretty exhausting. However, I am looking forward to the annual road trip. So. Which I won't be on this. Nope, I'm gonna be going solo. solo. Yeah, I was looking at the price of plane tickets, and I was like, hmm, would it be cheaper to fly to where Anne is and hop in her car? And it was. It's never no. <laughs> it's actually quite a bit more expensive, which is strange because I'd be going half the distance. That's bizarre. But, but okay. I mean, I would have to take like a plane that lands on top of a mountain to reach you. So maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the factor. <laughs> maybe you could just parachute out, man. Maybe. I could pick you up in Vegas. Going through Vegas. Should have thought of that, but uh, too late now. That's all right. Next all right. year. Also, I guess we should mention really fast that uh, Hollow's End is it's live now. Since I two weeks ago said it was live, yeah. I should clarify that it's <laughs> actually live now. Um, so yeah, you can you can be doing your you know spooky best to get yourself various hats and swords and mounts. There's yeah, new stuff this year. There's I admit, I wasn't really paying much attention because I was so used to holidays not really getting much new, but at least they've added new pets this year. They've added new pets, and you can get decorations for your garrison, which is actually pretty cool. Um, and there's like, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's also, I think they stay up indefinitely. Like, you have to tell the goblin, okay, I'm done with the decorations now. Can you please take this down? And and she'll go ahead you and know, take it down for you. If but. garrisons, if garrisons, had a series of decorations that you could gather throughout the game, that would make garrisons a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. Example, like what I've said they should do for player housing. Yeah. 
give something, give you something to do out in the world to bring home. Let's go. Let's go back to Wildstar for a moment because <laughs> Wildstar really perfected what player housing should be. Honestly, I loved it. I loved it so much. I, I don't play the game. I, I played the game since played, like a couple months after it came out. I ran full, out of time to play it. Full disclosure here, I've never played it. I have no interest in playing it. I'm never going to play it. So if you're the guys listening at home who get mad when Alex mentions other games, remember that I don't play Wildstar and don't care about it. It's a fun game. I, yeah, I wanted I mean, a sci-fi MMO, and that was kind of a wacky sci-fi MMO. I mean, just so. the reason I bring it up is because uh, when player housing comes up so often, it's like, oh, we wouldn't play. Garrisons are an example why we shouldn't have player housing. You just sit in this place and you don't do anything. It's like, no, I think the MMOs that do player housing well are the ones that use player housing as a method of giving you more things to do. It, I mean, if you go Garrison's out in the world. Went, they kind of went a little overboard because they gave you everything in them. Right, so you like don't really have a reason to leave because you can do everything while you're in your garrison. So why would you want to go elsewhere? Yeah, like the MMOs <laughs> that do it well don't give you a place where you, everything is supplied for you on your little lot. It's that if you want a cool house, you go out in the world and you do activities to get the cool stuff you want to put in your house. And it's just like having a really cool trophy home, really. I, I also it, liked how they made making furniture and stuff like that. That's like a profession. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of... It it was just it was it was really well done and I wish I could see Warcraft doing something like that. Unfortunately, I cannot because they've been so adamant about not doing it. I don't yeah, I, mean, I don't know why, but they just they don't want to do it. That's always been so frustrating because even from Blizzard developers, like what would you even do there? It's like you're game developers, you don't know what you would do. Everything, anything, <laughs> whatever you want. Sky's okay. the limit. <laughs> Now that Alex has lost his mind, <laughs> I just, I'm going to throw this out real fast. I am recording this on my wife's birthday. Julian, happy birthday. I love you. And happy now, happy yeah, birthday. I just, and now that I've done that, uh, at this point, we're going to throw it over to Anne because Anne, I believe you have something about our new sponsors for us. Yeah, actually. Um, it's not really so much. It's for everybody that's Do listening. <laughs> everybody that's listening to Blizzard Watch, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And Alex has some books. Yeah, I'm actually we're all excited. familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about plugging Audible because uh, it's a service I actually use and I love, and I think they're fantastic. Uh, I think with the trial you get uh, a 30-day subscription, and with a 30-day subscription you get an audiobook. So you're essentially getting a free audiobook. And if you haven't, for example, read the World of Warcraft audiobooks, there's a ton of them on Audible. I mean, just like, I think, this. I'm looking at the list right now of Warcraft. There's actually somebody who has a gold-making guide on Audible? I think so, yeah. But there's also, like, the actual novel novels. The actual books, yeah. Like War of Crimes War. is on there. If you haven't read War Crimes yet, you can get an audio version of it. Storm Rage is on there. Not so much. Dawn of the Aspects is on there, which is pretty cool, because that was just, like, a five-part series, I think. That they put out, yeah. and then they released it as an actual book, but you can get the audiobook version of it, too. And, and maybe you would know, isn't Wolfheart the one where they did, like, sound effects and everything? Yeah, Wolfheart was really good. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, if, if you're going to BlizzCon, this is being awesome. Just listen to a book in your community Road or whatever. Trip. <laughs> uh, so, you can download any of these, and they have a huge selection. You can go through them, and you can sign up. Uh, for a trial at blizzardwatch.com slash audible and every sign up supports our podcast and everything we do at blizzard watch so that's blizzardwatch.com slash audible okay well thank you both ann and alex uh i am always terrible 
and horrible at doing these things. But time for emails. Yes. Uh, first email is actually not an email. It's from Patreon because we like to take Patreon supporters. You guys get in here first because that's what we, we do here at Blizzard Watch. But as before I read it, um, if you have an email, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, we love getting emails. We love talking about emails. We love answering emails. We're kind of insane. We need to be stopped. But until someone does stop us, we're going to talk about emails. First one is from... Sunny Muffins, an orc hunter from Stormrage EU. Sunny Muffins, orc best Sunny orc name I've orc. ever heard. Yes. I hope you have a really awesome title like High Warlords Sunny Muffins or... or did, Sunny you know, Muffins, Death's Demise. Death's Demise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, questions for the podcast. Hello, watchers. My question is about food conjuration in World of Warcraft. Are the workings of it explained anywhere? In Tides of War, Jaina is presented at one point as sustaining herself with conjured food while she is also doing magical experiments. A new benefit is thus, a net benefit is thus implied instead of a closed circle where the conjured food is only giving her enough energy to conjure more food. If this is the case, wouldn't it make sense for mages to spend a few days every month on food duty, ensuring that everyone is well fed and greatly reducing the number of interfaction or interracial conflicts, which are mostly about resources anyway? Thanks. Keep up the great work. Sunny Muffins. Sunny Muffins, a wizard did it. I actually really like this question. I like uh, the question, but it really, you just kind of have to suspend some disbelief here, man. But, uh, yeah, but okay, like as somebody who enjoys writing fantasy, okay, I, I really enjoy the world building process. So when I'm doing that, I have to think, what effect does this have on the world? Isn't it worth putting thought into? Uh, for example, if you're doing world building and you say, okay, or even like an RPG book, right? If you say, okay, yeah. this, this wizard has a spell where they can conjure five gold a day. Does that gold vanish after a day? No. Okay, so... Theoretically, every wizard in your world can conjure gold. Why is gold still a currency? Yeah. It would be worthless. So in this case, you're right. If a mage can conjure food and there's a benefit to it, it's not just I expend this amount of energy to get the same amount of energy out of it, then yeah, I mean, food would not – nobody would ever want for food. You would have infinite food. You could not sell food. Food would cost nothing. You would never – Except, I mean, except however, there is one – caveat to that we know that magic and azeroth comes from ley lines okay. that it is ultimately drawn from the well of eternity it's not a free lunch you're taking the power off out of the planet we also know that recently mages found it harder to cast spells because uh malagos was altering the ley lines Hold uh when since we know we've established that magic is a limited resource just like say oil in an industrialized nation we live in a place right now on the planet earth right now we could feed every single human being in the world yes we have that capacity we do not do so for a variety of economic and social reasons therefore we now know there's a perfectly valid reason why mages aren't wandering around just conjuring food for everybody and for that's thing. and i'm not saying you can't do these things when you're no, building. i'm, I'm saying, saying if 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 you you have to work this into the world to make it viable and it was done so we know that magic is a limited resource because it ultimately draws from the well of eternity they have because never visited this and it's something they have they, visited they should do it. No. They did it during the they did it during the Mage War. Warcraft they didn't say they're running out of magic, so yeah. there's somebody's tinkering with magic. They they said that the mages were like losing their power. They weren't quite as powerful as they were because the ley lines were going wonky. They mentioned it in the Warcraft comics. That's why Jaina, when she made the new Council of Tiras Fall, she didn't make it an all mage council. She chose people from like every school of magic because mages by themselves wouldn't be able to like funnel the power needed and into I would say, what's his name, Superboy. If Azeroth is running out of magic, that's a bigger story than anything else they've done. 
and they stop the presses. We should like, be covering this right okay, now. Deathwing? <laughs> Who gives a crap? We don't have magic anymore. Well, that's for that matter, it's it's specifically arcane magic that's so limited. But that's the thing is, is that what I just told you, the thing I just said to you, is basically what what you could call fanwank. The game has never actually said, okay, why don't mages spend all their time conjuring food for people? Other than I don't want to be your fuck your freaking food dispenser. Wow. You know, um, yeah, I stopped myself. I stopped myself. Or, I mean, something else you could do with this, like, why why isn't there, you know, food for everybody? Is Okay, well, maybe the mages want, to, want there to be scarcity. Like, maybe that's, like, a dark thing. This okay, mages we, are not good people. Can we just dial it back a minute and look what? at this from a different perspective? Maybe sure, mage food doesn't taste very good. <laughs> Who cares? So people don't really want to eat it. I mean, why would you... If you have, like, this mana strudel thing of ubiquitous origins that a mage said, hey, I just made this out of thin air. You kind of look at it and go, okay, I could put that in my mouth, but this Pandaren over here just made this great stir-fry thing, and I think I'd rather eat that instead because I know where all those pieces come from. But for example, there's there's, there's actually one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's one thing to consider before we go on to the beggars and stormwind. Mage food or mana food really mostly replenishes mana. It doesn't I mean, you, you can eat it and it will help your health, but it's not as good as any regular food you can get your hands on. Like as a warrior, I never eat it. I think about it. When's the last time your rogue bothered with with mage food? Um, um, when I need health. I get it. I you, get. I like the loot the table health, right? every time the table's put out, but then it just sort yeah. of sits in my bag until I log off because yeah. So it's a, it's at least feasible that people don't get it because mages keep it to themselves because it's mostly good for mages and other people who have magic. Yeah, I was gonna bring up. There's beggars in the Stormwind who have no food. They have no money, yeah. so they're starving. There's Westfall. The Top of McNab. They're actually eating dirt in Westfall. Yeah, I know. You could send one mage, if it's canon, that you can eat this food and be sustained. One mage could go to Westfall and feed everybody at no cost to themselves. Other than that they have to be in Westfall. Other than it would take (laughs) – theoretically, it would take time to conjure it, but still. Not just time to conjure it. Either – you know, is the magic food – like, does it rot? Like what happens to it? Can I can I make it in Dalaran and ship it out, or do I have to go to you does and it make go it handy? Or does it just like dissolve? Yeah, there's like once you start on this, thing, you know, world world building is a great deal of fun and all that aside. Once you get to a certain point with it, the reason that mage food exists in the game is just because it's a thing for us as players. Right, and that's the thing. Like, that's my problem with some of the Warcraft books is yeah. that there are things that are game mechanics, and there are things that. I, they shouldn't be like canon lore. I mean, a yeah. game mechanic may just conjure food. Okay, you need to get your mana back so you can keep playing. No problem. If you bring it into the actual canon lore of this world, then it gets weird. It gets weird. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, you know, for that matter, I mean, it, it was a nod to the in game mechanic right. in the story. That's what it really is. They're trying to be cute, but they still, yeah. it, it still brings it into this world as something that they can do. Yeah. So it has never actually been to answer your question. It's never been explained. I think it was more of a wink and a nod and they'll probably never touch on it again because they don't want to actually have mages sitting around in Westfall going, yeah, here's your cake. Next guy. Yeah. Here's your cake. Next guy. I hate my yeah. Mind. I mean, that, that's the, that's the look, thing. look, 
guys, I made you a table. Just click on the table. I don't want to. St- I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm tired of being in this dusty heck hole. I'm gone. <laughs> when, you, when you're building a world, you have to think, okay, this is probably really cool, but does it reduce my ability to have conflict in my world? Does it reduce my ability to tell a story? Or is there a way it could add to conflict? It's, it's something you do have to consider when creating these. Yeah. We but, should move on. Oh, yeah. We're, we're... <laughs> Sorry, that one got me excited. Something this I can talk is, about. This one's from Bazhala, Agrimar E. Hi, Watchers. Uh, I'm a longtime listener since the time of the podcast that shall not be named. I just listened to your newest episode of Lore Watch. I'm a big lore nerd myself. And I have a theory where the goblins come from. Mogu flesh shaping. Uh, as you mentioned, we know that goblins were slaves to the trolls. Their physiology also resembles that of the grummels. Long arms, short legs, and stumpy torso. We also know that the Mogu and the Zandalari were allied in ages past, so could it be possible that the troll goblins were a gift race from the Mogu to the Zandalari, custom <gasps> made to resemble the trolls? Yours, Bazala Agrimar. That's uh, why I talked this. a lot about the other one. I yeah. love I this idea. I, I my love only this problem idea, with this idea, and it like makes except for one problem: the Mogu and the Zandalari didn't like each other. They wouldn't be going giving each other gifts. Weren't they allied? But they were allied. That's were, why they did they the were whole allied. alliance thing. They were allied, and they might have done this as an alliance present. Like, here's, you know, here, have some of these guys. But they weren't otherwise, like, they each thought the other was inferior. Oh, that's true. The Zandalari looked down on the Mogu, and the Mogu looked down on the Zandalari. And they were kind of allied because it was like, well, you're really powerful, and I'm really powerful, so we might as well, well get you're, you're better than everybody else, you <laughs> know? I can stand you compared to those guys. But no, it, it's interesting to think about because it wouldn't even need to be the Mogu doing the flesh shaping because we know that the flesh shaping has something to do with the anima. And the anima has something to do with Rodan. And Rodan is a Titan creation. So it wouldn't even need to necessarily be the, the Mogu specifically, like the, the, the Thunder King era Mogu. It could be back when there were Titan bases on Azeroth. Some Titans may, Titan creations may have decided, let's monkey around because we know that the Titans Watchers did that because Tyr did that. I like this idea, though. I really do. It is interesting. And that's all I have to say about that, is that I think that's a really interesting idea. Good job, Basila. Which makes me wonder if Basila is onto something, is where did they make them from? They make them from trolls? What? Because they kind of have trolly features. They have the same kind of, you know, large ears. And... Oh, my gosh. Did they, like, mush, mush a grumble and a troll together? Or did they just shrink a troll or something? I mean, I don't know. Well, I they like the remember. idea. I like the idea of them coming from the Grumbles, though, because the Grumbles are all about the whole trade and commerce thing in Pandaria, right? Yeah, they kind so of. So maybe that trait kind of passed on only into overdrive with the goblins at some point. Maybe. I, you know, I just, I, I you know, included it because I thought it was an interesting idea. Yeah. That's pretty much why I included it. So I guess we're done with that one. Well, I guess Alex really was right to go on. Hey, uh, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I had to get excited about something because uh, some of these lore questions... I'm out. <laughs> well, we can go to the Thanks. next one. <laughs> next one's from Drew Bob. Greetings, Watchers of Watcher, Celestalon et al. What was your favorite iteration of player currencies in the game? I'm kind of dreading Valor Points returning for item upgrades only. On the tale of a somewhat lackluster experience with the Pexas crystals in 6.2, although Apexas are much better now than in 6.0. I don't like when currencies are used for item upgrades because it doesn't really do anything to mitigate bad loot RNG, since I don't want to waste Valor upgrades on gear I intend to replace. I really don't like when that currency is co- is earned almost wholly outside of raiding, i.e. the activity whose who's bad RNG I want to mitigate. 
For my money, nothing in game feels worse to me than spending extra time on an unrelated activity grinding currency, only for the fruit of that currency to be replaced by a slight upgrade from a sudden change in luck. I know that we are playing a game, but I hate feeling like I've wasted my time. Best implementation of currency in the game, in my opinion, were emblems in Wrath or VPN Mists. Earned while raiding and running dungeons that could be used to, to purchase actual, you know, actual good gear for the current you know, content. I'm definitely loving the Time Walkers weekend gear that's available, at least for my alts that love crit and haste. How about you, best regards, Drew? Well, I'm going to say first up that you can, in fact, get this from raiding. The, the, there's raiding involved in the Valor stuff, uh, at least at LFR. Uh, I thought there was for completing st- stuff in normal Heroic too, though, wasn't there? I think yeah, so. I think... I think their issue with this this iteration, I think they were talking more generally when that currency is outside of writing, but in this iteration in particular, all Valor does is upgrade raid gear. It's not like yeah. RNG protection this time around. It's just item upgrades. I, and, and I do agree that that's not my favorite implementation of a currency. Um, I, I, I felt like they kind of dropped the ball back in mists with Valor and that you couldn't buy anything useful. Yeah. Like it very quickly, by the very time quickly. You got Valor... an, yeah, by the time you got enough Valor to get anything, you had already gotten gear in the raids that was higher eye level than the gear you could buy with the Valor you just got. In LFR, I think even some dungeon, like wasn't Heroic Dungeon Loot even better than the Valor gear? In some it was cases? pretty much, it was, it was on par with it. Yeah. yeah. On par with it. That's what's first LFR. Once we got to the, to, you know, until we were like, doing slightly higher level LFRs. It, was, it wasn't even a contest. So I, I didn't like that in Mists, but overall the basic paradigm of Mists where you had you could buy gear or upgrade gear with Valor, I, I thought that was useful. Honestly, I'm going to say this. I felt like one of the problems that we had going into Warlords was a lot of times Blizzard does this thing where they overcorrect. Yeah. Where, where, they, where they have an idea and it doesn't work out quite like they wanted. So they rather than adjust... Way yeah. far in the other direction. And I honestly feel like instead of gutting Valor out entirely, they should have adjusted it and they should have had it be a currency that lets you buy gear and buy upgrades for gear and maybe like have it, you know, buy rolls. You know, if you wanted to, the role, the, the, the bonus roll system isn't bad on the face of it. It's the problem with the bonus roll system is it's just another chance at LFR. I mean, at RNG, it's just another chance to possibly get something or not. And it doesn't really feel like its reward to risk ratio is all that great. Like, I know they supposedly put in a thing where, you know, as you spend them, as you go for more bonus rolls, eventually you'll win something. But it always feels like you eventually win that pair of bracers you didn't want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's always, you you know, the thing finally kicked in and I got a pair of bracers I have. Yay! Whereas opposed to when you could just buy gear, as long as the gear is okay, like, I'm, I'm going to say, I think Wrath really did this better than anything else ever did. And Cataclysm was a close second. Mm-hmm. With Wrath, you could get up to tier gear with with points, and it wasn't like as good as like you know high end raiding tier gear. It was the first step, but it was still it still had a tier bonus. It still looked cool, and it still made you feel like you'd done something useful with your time. The yep. only thing that the only place where Wrath really went wrong, I, and I can't even say they went wrong. It was just they had so many different iterations of currency. Yeah. Emblems of Frost, emblems of this, emblems of that, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. Until they finally went on a Justice Valor system at the very end of Wrath, mm-hmm. uh, the constant upgrading to a new kind of emblem got ridiculous. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally agree with you on that one. I'm, I am right there. The, the I, just, this, I, I, I liked... I'm sorry, Alex, go ahead. I, I think Valor coming back right now is part of that whole get people raiding thing. It comes with all these new incentives to raid. Well, not all of these, but a few new incentives. But it's also, they're nerfing the content without nerfing the content. Yeah. 
See what I mean? You're instead making of, the players more powerful instead of making right. The enemies. Instead of reducing the power of the boss, you're like, okay, you've beat your head on this long enough. You can all make your gear better now, and then the fight will be easier. So you can keep raiding instead of people being like, all right, I'm sick. Uh, through valor points, they're trying to get people to keep raiding. They kind of extend the life life of it, life expectancy, which isn't bad in of itself, but. I get Alex's objection, which is that it, it's just another example of them attempting to extend something rather than actually providing more content or providing content people want to do. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know that I agree that it's not content people want to do, but I get your point about it's an artificial way to keep it current. I just, I liked, as far as the the system of, you know, this, that, the other, upgrades, gear, that kind of thing, I honestly... <laughs> I liked the original iteration back in Burning Crusade when they just had That's badges. True. You had badges and you went and turned the badges in and you got good stuff and that was that. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, whatever currency it is, badges, points, whatever, I yeah. like when it provides an alternate method of progression. Yeah. If you really, if, if what you enjoy is five-man rating and you want to do, f- or five-man dungeons, and if you want to do dungeons long enough to get a few tier pieces that look really cool, well, that's going to keep you playing, isn't it? Because you want to get cool-looking gear. <laughs> You're like going to do this. those dungeons as yeah. long as you'd be doing those raids. And they're playing, so who cares? I like or even like with the, with the five-man gear, like one of the things in BC was it allowed it, it provided you it could it provided you with RNG protection, but also get, what it gave you was a permanent catch-up mechanic. Yeah. And they didn't have to keep introducing new ones. You know what I mean? They didn't have to keep coming up with, in this patch, we'll have a new catch-up mechanic. There was a built-in catch-up mechanic from the get-go in BC. Yeah. It started when you first ran Karazhan, and then it, it, you know, when they first put in badges in Karazhan, because Karazhan didn't start with them. But from the first running of Karazhan all the way through till, you know, my guild is now trying to run Sunwell, and we, you know, I still haven't gotten my pants from Black Temple, oh, so I'm hey, going to look, buy them. we unlocked that vendor on the aisle. You know what I'm doing on my my catch on my uh, leveling character? I don't even you guys never seem to notice it. Several of my pieces are from that island. From the Isle of Caldenas. I went and bought them because I had crap gear. Yeah. So, so I bought Black Temple level gear that I, I couldn't get to drop any other way. From what do the you Isle of spend on that now? Is it just gold? Just gold, and not a lot of it either. Maybe I should huh, head over yeah. there on my hunter. I was waiting for you guys to notice this, and nobody ever did. I well, noticed. I, I don't self transmogged all the time, so I don't. <laughs> I noticed the very obvious, like black temple you were. You noticed the war glaive I had out. Yeah, and I think you had, <laughs> you had some stuff from Mother Shiraz, I think. Yeah, I had the sword from Mother Shiraz, yeah. and I have the, the the shoulders from Abyssus. But a lot of stuff didn't drop for me, so I just went to the Isle of Quildenos and bought like you know pants and bracers and legs and just everything else everything that hadn't dropped for me and it cost me like i think a thousand gold all total mm. like that's it that's everything that's all i spent and it's just like and keep in mind back then that was the done with you know if you wanted to just have it all be done with gold i would if gold actually worked as that currency in game right now if i could buy gear with gold i would i mean i wouldn't really like it all that much because i'm not a big gold grinder but at least it would you know what i mean at least you'd know yeah. This is the currency, and this is what I could do with it, and it can catch me up. I think the problem with gold is the wow economy. There's no limit. Is so there's, bizarre, and there's no limit to it. I mean, like, there's there, no yeah. There's no way to there's no way to cap it at a week. So you could just walk in and spend all your gold, and boom, instantly you're as you're as geared as somebody who's. And rating. even even existing gold. I mean, there are people in game who probably only have ten gold to their name, which is. I mean, I don't know how you only have ten gold, but I'm sure those people are there. And then you have the people who like me who have a million gold. And then there's the people who do the, like the auctioning stuff full time. And they probably have a million gold on 10 different characters. 
you know, yeah. how do you how do you price these items to make it fair? So that's, they that's do why, alternate you know, currency. But the, that's the thing is the alternate currency. As long as the alternate currency allows you to make up for RNG, provide an alternative path of progression, and act as a catch-up mechanic, that's what we had for three expansions. And then we suddenly decided we didn't like it. Yeah, and that's part of what I, you know, what I was referring to when I said they doubled down on rating is these yeah. alternate progression paths. They existed already. Like we had them, and they yeah. killed them. And it's really weird because they weren't hurting rating. People rated plenty with those alternate progression. Yeah, I rated constantly. I, I nothing to stop me. You if rate anything, if you was, find it fun, not because not necessarily because there's. Or if you know, I still right now I still find rating fun when I get to go. I love to raid. I just you know really the amount of time I have to do it isn't really commensurate with when people are doing it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just time. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like, you know, currency and when it was implemented, I'd have to say that I think I'd either say wrath or like, I, I would agree with Anne about BC. That would be what I'd say when I think they did it the best. <sighs> Alex, you is, is cataclysm when they had the cool cloth set with the, like the witch's hat. Yes. That's cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it best in cataclysm. Cause I really liked that armor set. Okay. <laughs> Next email is from Vindrios. Uh, I think I pronounced it correctly. Um, of the Q, Nezingware, US. Hello, Watchers. I've been maining a warrior since Wrath. I've tried every spec, both tank and DPS roles, and have always stuck with it through highs and lows. I've raced faction and server changed more times than I can count. Did I write this email? Uh, I always <laughs> see me restless about my warrior, and I think this is why I spend so much time transmogging and server race changing. Just looking for a fresh perspective. What I want to know is, is it maybe time to try a new main for Legion? What do you think? Love the show, and thanks for being part of my daily routine. Warmest regards, Vindra. I'm still thinking maybe I wrote this email and I don't know it. Am I you? To answer your question, I've honestly thought about doing this. Like, I mean, Demon Hunters are, like, calling to me. Yeah. Seriously, this sounds sounds like the the perfect use. Still tanking DPS, you know, like Warriors do, but you do it totally differently, and it's going to have all sorts of cool bells and whistles, like like laser eyes. And double jump. Yeah, and double jump. I don't really know why that's cool, but guys who play Wildstar cool. seem crazy. About it. Well, so. it's it's pretty cool. Like Wildstar, I have a hoverboard mount, and you can double jump on the hoverboard mount. I know, right? And you do like skateboarding tricks. Oh my god, it's incredible. Okay. <laughs> so people see them, they think that's cool. I, I it, whether or not it's time. I mean, I never can get away from my ears. I just can't. I've been playing them forever. I love the class. But in terms of like trying around, trying a new main, trying something like that. Yeah, it, it, uh, the new expansion is always a good time to think about trying a new main. Especially when there's a new class rolled out. Especially when it's a new class that will quickly catch up to like what max level will currently is. You're not going to be low level for long. You're gonna you're gonna start in like 95 and and boom, head up. That's it's a great time to try that kind of thing out. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you won't. Uh, I tried drew it out one year and th- that didn't last very long. But there's, you know, this is the best time to try. Always, always at the beginning of a new expansion is the best time to try a new class, because everyone is kind of starting off on the same foot. Everyone's leveling, raiding isn't, you know, a thing at the moment. Dungeon groups are, you know, forming. It's a good, it's like a soft reset to the game. So my argument is yes, absolutely, it's gonna. Either you guys disagree. If you don't like it, you can always go back to that warrior. I mean, don't yeah. delete it. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, why? Yeah, unless you're like, like 50 of them, and like, and that's that's nuts. Nobody would have 50 slots all full of warriors. If you do, yeah, okay. we're very sorry for saying you're nuts. Yeah. But you probably are a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Roxy, here's my question: Demon Hunters won't have Titans. How do you feel about this? If they don't allow Fury Warriors to have Titans grip, then then I'm changing. Okay. Because that's the thing I'm worried about is that Fury Warriors won't get Titans grip. That they will get like two one-handed weapons as our as our artifact. 
And if that happens, I am not interested. Yeah. Like even even when I don't play as Fury, like when I'm arms or protection, knowing I can play as Fury and being Titan's grip, like it just makes me feel happy. Like and I am I'm a horrible, loathsome, bitter person. <laughs> so when there's something that actually actively makes me happy, like I smile when I think about Titan's grip. And it's a real smile. It's not one of those fake smiles you put on to get people to stop talking to you in airports. It's for this real. This is why we're friends, Matt. <laughs> why? We are the same. <laughs> I guess it's true. I'm just like the older, slightly more bitter version of you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just so when you have something like that, you don't want to lose it. So that for me, if they take Titan's Grip out, then I am probably going to play a Demon Hunter. If they don't, if they allow me to keep playing Titan's Grip... I'm still going to play a Demon Hunter, but it probably won't be my main. I'll probably be my, like, you I'm, know, cause... I'm because, quite frankly, it's been this long, and they haven't... I don't want to say they haven't done anything to make playing a rogue fun, because playing a rogue is fun. It's just that they keep introducing all these other classes that have really cool things, and rogues just kind of do the same old, same old, and I'm kind of getting a little tired of it. Plus double yeah. jobs. This is kind of outside the purview of the question, but uh, the Demon Hunter thing in some conversations we've had in our staff chat room kind of made me aware. Uh, the base classes are such broad concepts that whenever they add a new class, it does feel like those concepts are just better versions of the base one. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're new. It's a base class plus because Rogue is so broad. Like they didn't make a thief. They didn't, you know, they just made Rogue, which is so many different things. And they had warrior which is so many different things yeah and they're so broad that when they come up with something more specific it feels like it's detracting from the broad what the those broader classes be. well like when death knights came out death knights are warriors they do everything warriors can do but they do it with a cool aesthetic thing and they're they're like you know death they're death and necromancy and blood and power but it's still the exact same roles as warriors yeah and, and like the base monks monks are like they're rogues who can heal Right, and <laughs> now with with um the base warlock, like it was demon stuff, it was like unholy necromancy stuff. It had has metamorphosis, which is being taken away to give to demon hunters. So death knights took away from warlocks, demon hunters took away from warlocks. Yeah, it's it's tough. And Especially all of these like, new yeah. classes always seem to have some kind of rolled out new and interesting way to use the combo point system. Like, when Monks yeah. came out, the whole cheek system, I was like, oh, wow, it's like they took combo points and actually made it interesting. Why yeah. and even some they do that like, with folks? <laughs> like, Warlocks, Warlocks had Death Coil. Yeah. And then they came out with Death Knights, and like, oh, that was like an Arthas thing, Warcraft 3. Okay, Warlocks, you don't get Death Coil anymore, you get, like, Mortal Coil, and Death Coil goes to Death Knights, because they're supposed to have it. And I don't even know if Warlocks still have Mortal Coil. I don't know. So it, I haven't it, played yeah, a lock scary. in forever. It's this very, very weird thing. They come out these with these very specific new classes that ultimately take away from the base classes in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with, like, the Death Knight comes around. I mean, the, the, the Demon Hunter's coming around, and it's basically, like, it's tank and healer. It's tank and DPS. But it's like, it's like we took the best parts of the Rogue and the best parts of the Warlock and jammed them together. And also they can tank the way Warlocks have wanted to tank forever. Yeah, and so I mean, we're just gonna mush I all can, those things together. I totally get warlocks being mad about this because they straight oh, yeah. up warlocks. You don't get metamorphosis anymore. Yeah, even though you wanted to tank in demon form this whole time, no, you can't do it. We're coming out with the demon hunters who can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I get it. Yeah, I get it because I remember when I wanted to tank as arms forever. 
I wanted to have a two-hander and tank with it. And then the, the first thing they channel. did with Death Knights, you know. On the chat so. channel, that Mortal Coil is a talent. So, oh, yes, yeah. I think, it's, still Mortal I think Coil. it's a talent nobody takes because it's up against, like, way better stuff. Oh, okay. But, yeah, basically what we're saying is now is probably the best time to reroll because yeah. people will you'll have the free you'll have the free boost. You'll have the class that you can just, you know, play immediately. So, yeah. And you'll be starting out on the same footing as everybody else leveling. So, there you go. Next one is uh, from Tier... Tillarian? Tillarian? What do you say? Tillarian. Tillarian. Okay. Hey, my in-game name is Tillarian. Uh, I'm currently thinking about creating a character to do a lore walk through uh, World of Warcraft. I'm open to playing either Horde or Alliance. Which race do you think would be the most interesting? Thanks. Uh, I'm going to let Alex go first. <laughs> well, um, if you're looking to see the actual lore of the game and the story, ideally you would want a Horde character and an Alliance character. Like do one after the other or whatever. Um, one what, race from both sides. Um, well, the ones I play is if I'm Alliance, I'm a human. If I'm Horde Blood Elf, but that's probably not the most interesting choices. That's just what I like. Okay. I'll say this: if you want to get a, ch- a chance to see like, the lore of the game, Forsaken is a really good chance. They have a really heavy, deep, kind of crazy start, like up to about level twenty, twenty-five. The whole Forsaken area is really like it's messed up and evil and dark. But it's well, it's well done. Like it's well executed. And I, I, you know, if you don't play a Forsaken, then go over there to the Eastern Kingdoms and see their world. Because it's like you will come out of that going, oh my God, we are allied with absolute monsters. Actually, I... you know what would be a pretty good opportunity at, to at least, I... at least play Worgen up through until you get sent to Kalimdor, and then play Forsaken up through like level. Thanks 20 for stealing or my answer, Alex. I'm sorry. <laughs> that reminded me of it. Yeah, that's that's my auto answer to that question, though, is you play Worgen, you play Forsaken, preferably like alongside of each other or one right after the other, especially with the starting experiences, because they interlock and, and they so interlock strange. in a really cool way. Uh, cool, depending on your definition. If if you if you create a new character and it's just a Worgen and you're only going to play that Worgen, you don't actually get to see the conclusion of your story. That's why you want to play the Forsaken, too. Yeah. Forsaken, your story... like, the entirety of the Forsaken storyline is pretty good. Like, the Worgen story cuts off, and then it finishes with a Forsaken character on the complete opposite faction. Yeah, I just got done leveling a, a Worgen through the starting zone again, just because I wanted to. And it is pretty jarring, and it's very hard to explain why, at the moment that you do leave, why you leave. Like, yeah. I get why everybody else leaves, but I'm Crowley's number two guy. I am, in fact, I'm I am Crowley's guy who he sends on every mission. I mean, Crowley needs something done. He sends me. He should want me to stick around. He should be like, no, no, Garwarf. You stay here, and we will like defend our, our kingdom from all comers. And I'd be like, yeah, that's right, and I will stay and defend our kingdom, and then the Forsaken should come in, and all that stuff should happen. Except, of course, if that happened, we'd win, because, I mean, I'm, I'm good. So did you, did you name your working after, like, the sound a dog makes? No, he's uh, actually named after an old uh, f- Anglo-French name for werewolf from the, the Lay of Bisclave. Okay. What's his name? Garwarf. Oh, okay. Sounds I know like a it, dog. It, it does, in fact, sound like Garwarf. Garwarf. Yeah, it does. I totally... And, but it's G-A-R-W-A-L-F, and I think it's also sometimes spelled W-U-L-F, because it's an Anglo-French word. But it's from the Lay of Bislevet. All right. Originally, I wanted to name my character Bislevet, but I can't. It was taken. Every variation was taken. I was like, oh, bloody hell, someone's read that damn play. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I if you no know, here's another thing though is Alex said that he likes Blood Elves, but it might not be the most interesting. Blood Elves actually really aren't bad. 
Um, if nothing else, you get to go to the Blood Elf starting zone, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just nuts. It's it's crazy. Entertaining. It, yeah. It gets crazier at the end, too, because you, you're like, you know, suddenly you're traveling through time to talk to whatever war chief is, you know. Oh, I don't even know who's war chief at this point. It's somebody. It's Thrall Garage Vol'jin. I don't know. It's somebody. Yeah, I mean, the problem with some of these is they are lost in time, particularly the Blood Elf, because it, I mean, it was made in Burning Crusade. It hasn't changed since then. <laughs> what? Fragoshin. She just handled an <laughs> He's the war chief. He looks like a campfire. Oh. <laughs> All right. I gonna like, did I say email. something wrong? No. no. <laughs> going to do our last email. Um, I think we're going to go with... Uh, Vindicator Venar, uh, Draenei Paladin from ENRU. Dearest Legends, uh, when leveling through Jade Forest for the seventh time, I started wondering why isn't the Alliance camp in the north where the Horde starts off, you know, questing, ever mentioned while leveling through the zone as an Alliance? And does my character, Taylor, or even Rogers know that they're there? Uh, I guess the same goes for the Horde camps in the south. Love your show and the lore show like crazy. Uh, yours truly, Vindicator Venar. Ah. Uh, I don't know. Ann and I, we talked about this once. Didn't we come to the conclusion that they, they didn't know about each other? No, I don't think they knew about each other. I think that that whole um, clash at sea or whatever that sent them, it, that maybe there was two different groups. There was one to the south and one to the They were clashing all over the place and they just happened to land on Pandaria. But I don't I don't think they knew about each other's existence. Yeah, like for, for one thing, um, Garrosh, in that, wasn't that big on warlocks? Nope. Not so at I, all. I, and the guy, the Alliance guy that the Horde fight, he's actually a big deal. Like, he he's, he goes back to the original game. Uh, he, he's uh, one of the Kurtzen people. Yeah. He's one of the guys who, like, you know, led up against Kurtzen. And he's very clearly gone nuts. So I got the sense that those groups were, like, they were, like, ships that got, like, driven off. Or, like, you know, one of them was, in a, like, a, you know, a flying ship. They were the ones that the Garrosh sent to sea because he didn't want to look at them anymore. And he was hoping yeah. <laughs> they'd wreck. Yeah, but there, there definitely is a sense that the two groups aren't aren't in communication. Taylor flat out says he, he doesn't know the land. He doesn't even know where his people are. Like when nope. he, when he when when Rogers shows up and she's like, "Yeah, we'll put your big boy pants on, figure it out." And Taylor's like, "You know, that's real condescending, Catherine." <laughs> he doesn't say. It's like you know, I'm an admiral here. I mean, you shouldn't call it say big boy pants to me for God's sake. But no, he doesn't say anything because I guess she has his number. Uh, as for the like the horde group. Like when you're playing Horde, when you're playing Horde, it's really strange, actually. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't go south for a very long time. Like it's, it, you're like you're like halfway through the zone before you even get to the middle of it. So it really is kind of like the the Alliance and Horde don't come close to each other until they fight. Until that big confrontation. Yeah. So pretty much, yeah, they don't they don't really seem to know each other. And I recall in the Mist beta, um, they had an almost finished version of Jade Forest in the beta, and then they closed it off and rebuilt yeah. even the terrain. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there was a point in time where the factions did cross over more, and they rebuilt it to separate them? I'm not sure. Well, no, it had actually gotten through almost the entirety of that zone before they did it. I remember we were talking in, in the beta. We were talking to each other the week before they closed it. She had gotten entirely through the zone. And was, we were talking about the, the what was the really big difference you were talking about? I remember you even wrote I, a KYL about it. One of the biggest, well, number one, those those citadels weren't there, like they just yeah. weren't there. Um, and also the way that the Shah worked, the way that the Shah were introduced, was completely different. Like you didn't really find out about the Shah until way later. Mm -hmm. And um, Cho, 
Cho was a very different character with a very different feel. He didn't have the voice acting done or anything. Um, you just talked to him and he said stuff. But he was a lot more brusque and he felt like a stern Mr. Miyagi kind of instead of yeah. the Cho that we got. <laughs> and it ended up – it was – it was interesting because it was so remote and so isolated, particularly, I mean, I, I did all of this on the Horde side. I played Horde side on the beta because I had a character that was at max level that I copied over. Um, a lot of the quests there felt like it was just you wandering alone in the wilderness and you were making a decision about something. Like your orders didn't really come from anybody in particular. You just you saw something and then a thing pops up and it says you look at this and think wow this might might actually be useful but you know when you got there as horde it was because you crash landed you just crashed yeah. you just crash landed there and there were bodies everywhere and you were kind of picking up the pieces and trying to put it all back together again it was it was just it felt different it felt very much it felt much more like you were stranded like you were one I, of the few survivors I I I'm remembering. I did. I don't think I completed the zone, but I played part of this, and I'm remembering little pieces. Like I remember, uh, is it the Draenei healer Mishka? Yeah, yeah, yep. I remember. I think early on you would find her like unconscious, and she was one of the few survivors. Yeah. And when you woke her up, you would take her with you, and together you would find other survivors and heal people. Yeah. Yeah, that seems right. There, it was. It was quite. It was definitely. You are one of the lone survivors, and you have to like pull this band together. Versus the alliance is kind of already established somehow now in Jade Forest. Like you get there, and the alliance already has a foothold somewhere. Yeah. Well, because you have the giant. You you show up in your giant airship and take out yeah. the horde thing, and then you land in the city. But like you were you were part originally you were part of that first shipwreck rather than the reinforcements after it happened. Yeah. yeah. But all right, uh, at this point, we're going to have to wrap it up because it's pretty much been a show. Uh, and would you like to tell our listeners how they can join the team and support Blizzard Watch? Yeah, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash slash blizzard watch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience well thanks uh thank you everyone for listening as well and if you have any questions you'd like to ask us you know like i said before send the emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com thanks and see you next week Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.